Hey everyone, welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. Katie here with Alexis, and today we have a topic that I was actually, when Alexis just brought this up, I was really excited to chat about um, because it's something that my husband and I, Jake, um, we have actually discussed in recent months, and um, it is speaking in tongues. So what is speaking in tongues? What are some ways here in, I think, especially with like social media and just kind of this mega church that's formulate, you know, you go to a church and it's like confusion and speaking in tongues. Is it biblical? Is it not biblical? You hear a lot of things on social media. You go to different churches and it's kind of, um, you know, some churches say one thing, some churches say another. And so what does the Bible actually say? And how can we view this uh, from a biblical perspective as opposed to maybe just kind of emotionally or, or what a pastor has told us? So we will dive right into it. So um, first of all, speaking in tongues it is, I think a lot of times we think about just this unknown speaking in tongues. And actually the definition of speaking in tongues is speaking in another language. So Lexi, do you want to dive into that and explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So um, in Corinthians, there's like a lot of verses that we're talking about speaking in tongues. So that was really popular. So in the city of Corinth, um, there was a lot of different people who spoke all different languages. They were from all different backgrounds. And so speaking in tongues was literally a spiritual gift um, that p- some people had um, where they were trying to share the gospel with someone who didn't speak the same language as them. So they were then able um, through the Holy Spirit, they were able to communicate and share the gospel in that native language to that person. But it's not yeah. something that they had studied or they knew. Um, so the biggest thing is that like Katie was saying, like speaking in tongues is not like a special holy language. It's like not real words. Like it is mm-hmm. real languages. Like if I don't speak Greek and I'm trying to witness to someone who speaks Greek and then I start speaking that, like, you know, so I think that, you know, we have to definitely be aware that it's not these like weird, like made up spiritual holy language or things like that, because mm-hmm. there are some churches who really try to encourage speaking in tongues as if like, this is like a higher level of Christianity. And you have to really be careful about that because one speaking in tongues is not as common today. Um, Thankfully, we have like the Bible translated in I don't know how many languages, but a ton of different languages and there's translators and things like that now. Um, So the need for speaking in tongues is just not how it was back in that time because, um, you know, we're able to speak English to a translator and the translator can speak Mm -hmm. to that person. And so it's not as needed, Um, but just making sure that we know that it is a real language. And in first Corinthians 14, six, it says um, it really, or actually I don't have the actual first written down. I just realized it. But anyways, it basically emphasized the importance of needing a translator and that it was pointless to speak in other languages if no one understood it. Um, so there's like a couple different things that, um, have to be in line for it to be, to be, um, correct and, and for it to be used. So if you're in a church and they're like saying like, you know, to try speaking in tongues or speaking in a holy language and everyone starts mumbling and making weird noises and things like that, like that is not speaking in tongues and that's not biblical um, because there are definitely requirements that you have to have um, for that. And it's just not common as common or Mm -hmm. really like needed in today's day and age. Um, Right. So yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, just looking at, I was reading through Acts and the coming of the Holy Spirit, essentially, like, in Acts 2, it just describes the fact that the the apostles were just so astonished and amazed by all of a sudden this ability to be able to understand each other. And if you look mm. at actually what is happening nowadays, a lot of times with tongues and a lot of times with, um, you know, just this like, oh, I have the gift of speaking in tongues and I can only understand mm. the language. It's like, well, actually that completely contradicts what is shown in scripture. And each time right. that someone had the supernatural ability, we have to remember too, this isn't like our gift to show how great we are. If we're doing that, actually right. it's very sinful um, because it specifically talks about in scripture, any sort of gift, it's not anything we've done to earn it or anything we've done yeah. to achieve it. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if it is a gift, yeah. then this gift is meant to build up the body of Christ. And so when we look right. at Acts, and we actually look at the examples of tongues and when that was utilized in order to communicate with someone else in a foreign mm -hmm. language, it was actually utilized to build up the body of Christ. Because if you think about in Acts, they didn't have the canonized scripture um, mm -hmm. at that time. And so a lot more, there were a lot of it, just how gifts were given to people, what right. it was by the Holy Spirit in order to grow the body of Christ. Well, the needs right. back then were significantly different than now, because like, as you said, mm -hmm. we have canonized scripture now it's translated into mm -hmm. so many different languages um people know different language i mean just think about like technology nowadays and how we can communicate right. with people and we have translators and we have different you know the bible is in i don't even know how many languages that would be an interesting fact to look up yeah. um <laughs> but you know just the most widely um uh translated and distributed mm -hmm. text that we have nowadays is the is the scripture. And so the need was great back then, but due to the, you know, due to the fact that the scriptures that we have now were not in circulation. And so when we think about, um, I think a lot of times there's confusion and I fell in this camp because just as kind of a personal story, I started going to a church where there was this all of a sudden, like on command, speak in tongues type of thing mm. going on. And I remember thinking like, Okay, I'm super confused because I grew up in a Lutheran, a Lutheran church, and then I went to some non-denominational churches, and that was never anything that we really addressed. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden, I went to this very charismatic church, and it just seemed mm -hmm. like, okay, on command, everyone speak in tongues. And I remember at that mm -hmm. point, just thinking like, what is going on? This just seems yeah. so very to what. I grew up learning and a, a lot of individuals, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a cessationist, like in terms of like, I don't believe any gifts exist now. Cause there, it, there is kind of this mm -hmm. spectrum of like, um, more yeah. of the charismatic church that is very heavy yeah. on the gifts. And then you have the cessationists right. who think like there's no spiritual giftings or kind of, right. kind of is different. And I think we can, yeah sort of get divided as a body by just right. nitpicking every little thing. And I mean, I would right. say we probably don't agree a hundred percent on, you know, yeah. that topic. Um, I don't agree a hundred percent with my dad on that or, you know, anyways, yeah. it's just one of those things where, um, you know, we can kind of get into the weeds and, okay, which gifts are like a hundred percent, you know, nowadays are most common. And, and that's the thing too. It's like the, 
the Holy Spirit cannot be put into a box, but right. there are very clear scriptural guidelines for a spiritual gift, like speaking in tongues. And so what yeah. I saw was this huge just variation between how I grew up and what I was taught and then this charismatic church. And so yeah. doing some diving into the scripture and what it actually says, there is a very orderly way of going about speaking mm-hmm. in tongues. And yeah. every single time we see it in the scripture, it is used to communicate and to build up the body. And so what yeah. I saw, what I experienced at that church was completely different and very unbiblical. And so, yeah. you know, I think a lot of times we can sort of be more so learning from maybe a pastor as opposed to actually going to the scriptures mm-hmm. ourselves. And so I think that's where it like really is important to, okay, you have a question like Yes, resources yeah. are great. Yes, commentaries are great. Yes, all of these things, but like actually looking at the scripture and breaking it down verse by verse and what does it say? And we see yeah. that a lot of churches nowadays who utilize these giftings and these, um, mm-hmm. you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's almost like a manipulative way of using it. They're like, okay, yeah. you have the gift of tongues, then you are elevated on a certain level. And like just a lot of these things that we see in the scriptures are just not biblical. Yeah, no, so true. And I um, grew up in non-denominational churches and, you know, our pastor did speak on speaking in tongues and, you know, Mm -hmm. the purpose of it. And I did learn a lot. And my dad always taught me a lot about that. And I have also gone to churches. Usually I was visiting with a friend who's like, come to my church. It's amazing. And, you know, something like that happened. I'm like, ah, like I've literally gotten up and left churches when they started doing that because I, I, for me, it creeps me out. I don't like it. And what I think to myself was like, if I didn't know what the order was of how this was supposed to be done, I could fall victim to believing that this in this hyper spiritualism and that this is how I connect with God. And like, God is so, um, he is very complex, but he is very simple in our relationship with him. And like you said, yes, everyone's going to have different camps where they kind of sit a little bit more in different things. But the main things, if we believe in the main things that Jesus died, for our sins, um, that, you know, God is Lord over all things. Um, if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in Jesus, you do not get to go to heaven. Um, and just like simple things like, you know, Jesus died and he rose again and he paid for all our sins. Like there's just like the simple things, like the gospel is very simple. We do have an episode when we broke down the gospel that is really good. You guys can Mm -hmm. listen to. Um, but when it comes to more complex issues, I do think that everyone's going to have like different things, but we always have to be able to bring it back to the Bible. And, um, and so we were reading, um, gotquestions.org. We always talk about it on here because I feel like I'm always on there, especially when I'm trying to learn. And, and the reason why it's so great, you could type in a question and it gives you a whole article with all the verses attached. So if anyone is listening and they have questions, go on gotquestions.org and you can find pretty much anything. And then you can go to scripture. And that's what I was just doing yesterday. Just making sure that we have, you know, scriptures and which I feel like we're pretty good about, um, that are aligning with what Mm. we're actually talking about. And, you know, in one of the articles, there was just four specific requirements, um, for speaking in tongues and the importance like the four things that you have to have if you experience this. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Uh, and one, it's a real language. It's not like a holy language or unknown language. And it talks about that in first Corinthians 14, 10 Two, like we talked about, it's for the purpose of witnessing. And that talks or in acts. You can find um, scripture on that acts two, six through 12. Um, and then two main things. It's two to three people at most speaking one at a time. So God's very mm-hmm. orderly and you must have a translator. You can find that also in first Corinthians 14. Um, right. Those are like the four requirements that you have to have. So if a whole congregation starts speaking in this hyperspersed language, there's no translator. It's more than a small group of people and everyone's doing it at once. Like that is not what God has intended for that gift. And right. I kind of like, I want to know why that got like so like hyper like focused on why people are like this is the ultimate gift you know and it was interesting because I went on to read another um, article and I can't remember it was on gotquestions.org too but I don't remember which one it was and basically in Romans um, they were talking about um, this it was talking about the spirit interceding for us like when we're trying to pray but we don't even know like we don't have the words to say in the spirit like with like moans and groaning like intercedes for but the yeah. article kind of broke down it was like yeah that's the spirit who is is communicating that way it's not outwardly like us speaking those things and literally speaking in tongues is speech it is words like you know so it's not mumbling or groaning or whatever these things are so um a lot of times people do misuse and 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 put certain verses in the wrong context when they talk about like a holy language or things like that. Like that's the purpose of tongues is, is to witness the main purpose of it. It's not so you could have a special little gift between you and God. Like, and then one thing was talking about like, Oh, like I don't want the devil to know what I'm saying to the Lord. And, and, and someone was like, don't you know that God is stronger? Like, like why would that even be a thing? It's so interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then just remembering, like, you know, God is orderly. He is He is the author of peace and order and not confusion. So anytime you're feeling, like, confused or like, oh, is this church? Like, is this biblical? Like, are you in the word? Are you opening your scripture? Are you going verse by verse? Are you, Is your pastor um, uh, displaying, like, Christ-like tendencies and, and leadership, right. you know? So right. that's something definitely, you know, to focus on. Right. Yeah. And I think something that's interesting too, it's like, like you said, some of these verses are taken out of out of context where it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then we're like, oh, moanings and groanings. Okay. So that applies to us. And it's like, well, actually yeah. you're, it's, it's nothing to do with us speaking. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, so that's not, that's, that's not a parallel at all. Um, but right. I think so too in scripture where there is this explanation of tongues and and what was being communicated it really was a wonderful way to be able to witness to non-believers and yeah. i actually think it's ironic because you know you look you think about think about the in acts and think about like if you didn't know the language of a christian and you were a non-christian and they all of a sudden then were able to speak your language think about what a powerful testimony that would be yeah it's so incredible that you're witnessing a, yeah. just the miraculous ability of this person to be able to speak in your language right. i mean i'd probably convert right. instantly if i was you know yeah. was a non-believer yeah, seriously 
how the church grew so rapidly. Um, these yeah. amazing signs and wonders, and you know, then that was needed at that time because they didn't right. have as talked about before the canonized scripture. Um, yeah. And so, you know, God still does miracles and does amazing things, but it's not today. It's different. Just like the Old mm-hmm. Testament is different than the New Testament. It's just there is a different like context is is different nowadays right. because we do have the scriptures, which is incredible. Right. Um, I think a lot of times it does help to think about what we have access to now versus what they had access to there, what was needed in order to build up the body of Christ. But my point with that was that it's interesting because you think about it, how selfless tongues was, the description of tongues. Mm -hmm. And now it it is very much in a lot of churches, a selfish thing and saying, well, my own personal language and it's my own, you know, way I communicate Mm -hmm. with God. And actually like, if we actually look at scripture, and First Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about love and, um, uh, you know, in, in first, uh, first Corinthians 14, Paul lays a clear guideline for tongues. Every single gift that we utilize from the Holy Spirit is actually meant to be a blessing to build up the body of Christ and build up others. It's not meant to be a selfish yeah. thing. And so... Yeah. Even the fact that like that irony, because it was like such an amazing miracle utilized to build the body of Christ, we we read this. And then nowadays it seems like there is this very much spiritualized kind of like, it's sort of like this, like my spiritual journey can be, it's very new agey too. And I think a lot of times the new age that's sort of manifestation and my own spiritual journey yeah. and my own this and my own that has infiltrated a lot of parts of the church. And I mean, we see the right. new age just like has its hands pretty much in everything in our society nowadays. Yeah. We're talking about being spiritual, but not religious and like, oh, my right. own spiritual right. journey. And, you know, I don't need believers in my life. I'm spiritual on my own. And that's in direct. Yeah contradiction to what Paul talks about in the spiritual giftings. And so, yes. Okay. Yeah. If tongues is me, if tongues exist, you know, whether or not you're a cessationist or not, you believe that the gifts are still applicable today, whether or not yeah. that's true or not. Okay. We can, you know, debate about that. But the fact that we're not seeing tongues being used major- the majority of the time in a biblical manner should answer that mm-hmm. question in terms of like, okay, is this right. church or this group of people following the scripture or are they taking this one portion and then running with it because of their own selfish desires and you know and i've definitely in my own journey um my my beliefs on this has changed pretty you know my my understanding of this has changed pretty significantly but i think a lot of times you can garner a real understanding of okay is this um, selfishly motivated or is this meant to build up the body of Christ? And if it's selfishly motivated right. and not building up another human, then you know that you are not following Christ's leading or the whole, the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. So yeah. I think a lot of you can check your own heart too. And I mean, this goes for anything. Um, it can right. go with the gift of teaching. Am I teaching just so I get attention or am I teaching yeah. because I'm actually building up the body of Christ and helping other people, other individuals or, you know, anything, hospitality, you know, I mean, it could be any gift you have. If you're using it for selfish motivations or to look better or to be more of a kind of check the religious boxes to be higher on on that, uh, (laughs) on that ladder, then 
that answers yeah. your question right there. And so we just constantly have to be checking our heart. What is our motivation? Yeah. Is it to build up others and to build the body of Christ? Or is it just, just to build up our own selfish desires or our own selfish yeah. ones? Definitely. And unfortunately, I do feel like in in like the Christian realm, I do think that we have like a little bit of a tendency to try to make ourselves seem so much better than others. And if you look through scripture, like you never see Christ doing that. And like, you always see him humbling himself because he is God. He's God's son. Like you see him coming down, humbling himself to meet us where we're at. And I think a lot of the times, like, especially people who, um, who maybe grew up in the church, you can speak the language, you know how it is. And, you know, and you want to come off like you never made mistakes and you're so holy. And I think sometimes like, that's kind of how I view tongues at times too. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you don't speak tongues, like you don't speak the holy language. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I, I don't think that this is like what it's meant for. And then now, like, as we like deep dive more, we're like, okay, no, this is not a common thing. And it's okay if like, that is not your gift. And it's probably not 99% of our gifts, you know, but right. what gifts has God given you that you can use, like you said, to glorify the kingdom? And it's so easy to like, turn the attention back on ourselves, because we yeah. are just like innately selfish and we are like, we do want to make ourselves like God of our little universe. And like you're saying too, with the new age stuff, it is so easy. Like, Oh yeah, I'm spiritual or I'm the God of my life or I can manifest like certain things. I'm like, no, you can't actually like, you're not in control. You can't manifest anything. God's will is going to be done. But you know, we have to understand too, like when we're looking at people who are teaching us and guiding us. Like if you're um, in a church and maybe you're trying out a new church or you're looking for a church or whatever, like make sure you know, like you make sure you know scripture. And if you're a newer Christian, like just get in your word and even ask people that you trust to recommend pastors to listen to or churches to go to, because it is hard. Like when my parents moved to Texas, they because it's on like they're on the Bible belt and all that stuff, they went to so many churches and like, not that I think that everyone's intentions aren't good, but I think like it's easy to get caught up in that hyper spiritualism. And then the word of God is not spoken or preached or taught. And then, you know, when you're like, Oh, but it makes me feel good and all this stuff. Like it's easy to get caught up in the things that make us feel good. And then we're going right back to me, 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 me. And, um, so it is, it's hard to find like a very biblically sound church. Um, and you know, it's, it's like, maybe because it's not as glamorized and maybe that's why people kind of trend towards like Mm -hmm. mega churches and name it, claim it. And a lot of these things that are false prophets and like the Lord speaks very, very harshly against people who are false prophets. And like, I was kind of doing a little bit of digging into that and, you know, there's like, it's like very harsh, like, you know, the Bible talks about, like how, so in Jude, it was saying like false prophets, basically uh, Jude 1, 17 through 18 was talking about how they only follow their ungodly desires. And in second Peter, it was talking about, they never stop sinning. They seduce you with their like lies and their experts in greed. Like the Bible knows that, or God knows, sorry, that, um, it is easy to manipulate people and especially if someone's unstable or, and you know, as humans, we're always searching for something. So 
I think that's also why the Bible speaks so harshly about false prophets, because you, you that person is manipulating someone to get something for themselves. And so that is why you see like a lot of these churches um, that crumble, like, you know, and, and their pastor is getting in trouble for sleeping with people in their congregation and cheating on their wives and things like that. Like, there's a reason why these things happen. And, you know, you have to be very, very aware, like, is this sound doctrine? Is this pastor a, 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 a good example, not just in the church, but outside in his day-to-day life? And how is he witnessing and, and serving the body of Christ? Because that is what a pastor's job or a teacher's job is. And like the celebrity yeah. pastors and things like that, like, I just... I'm just not a fan. Like, I don't really care who you are. Like, I just, I'm not a fan. I just want, I'm like, just give me, like, just give me the truth. Give me the Bible. Study it for yourself so you can know what truth is. Right. Yeah. And I think an indication of if a church is trending that direction, if there seems to be a lack of accountability for the leaders, because I think the best leaders I know who are the most scripturally sound um, who truly do take studying the word seriously, take accountability seriously, understand that the heart is deceitful above all else. And they're just, you know, we can all sin just as big as the other person. You know, we can all have a moral failure just as much as anyone else. Um, But putting those, those guardrails in place, I mean, that really is a demonstration of a humble leader and understanding that they are not some sort of special um, individual who has greater access to God than anyone else who's a believer. And yeah. so, you know, I think that that's a real, should be kind of a check of, okay, um, you know, does the leadership, are they humble enough to understand like they are not the pinnacle of Christianity mm-hmm. and understanding that, um, you know, God looks at looks at the heart and doesn't look at just our title or whatever it may be. And um, there there are a lot of churches where you walk in and it's almost like everyone's kind of worshiping the pastor as opposed to worshiping God. And I think that is a real indication of some sort of imbalance there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these moral uh, failures that we've seen with a lot of these leaders, a lot of times it does come down to like, you know, they sort of were seen as too big to fall. Um, None of us are too Mm -hmm. big to fall all need accountability. We all need people in our lives who are going to, you know, call us out for our our crap because we all are sinners. We all all fall short. And so are we being sanctified? Are we putting those guardrails in place? Are we really diving into the scriptures? Are we growing, even if we are a leader, you know, and recognizing that we don't know anything and we're not, um, you know, little G gods in in our congregation or whatever it may be. So that accountability. And I think that that, um, that's something like in my church now, I was just so, we found a wonderful church here in Columbus, Ohio, and um, it was just real evident to me how I knew that it was a healthy body and just one where, okay, this is biblically sound. This is a great church community was the fact that the pastor was accessible. He, um, you know, his right. wife was to me and she was you know and it wasn't like oh i can't talk to the pastor because they're just a pastor and, and they really did yeah. care about us from the beginning and yeah just um, really the accountability with the pastors there and like for example like the youth pastor yeah. is in our small group and you know things like that where they're still in community and they're being sanctified yeah. they're being refined, they have accountability they have you know and it's not like this oh well, i'm a pastor so i'm too good to talk to the, the congregation right. I've heard yeah. stories with some of these pastors where I'm like, all oh, the time. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah all the just, time. It's like they're untouchable. Like it's like, oh, like, and it is, it's like, they're like a little G God. Like it's like, oh, the pastor, they're so holy. And you know, the pastor's family and the pastor's kids and you know, yeah. all that stuff. And that's, that's one, it can get to your head, but that's also a really hard standard to live up to. If, yeah. if everyone's like, oh my goodness, you know, and I love like, I love my pastors, like I mess up every day. Like I sin every day. Like it just, that hump, that humility and to, like you said, that accessibility to them, just like even just walking around and saying hi or serving like their congregation and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm not saying that all mega churches are bad. So I don't want to say that there are some great ones. Like, um, pastor Tony Evans has a huge church out in, um, out in Dallas and, um, you know, it it is a mega church, but like, he has stayed biblically sound through his entire, you know, career, I guess. I don't know if I yeah. call that a career, but I mean, yes, yeah, a career. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and he is a man of God. And, and mm-hmm. I think it is like very, very like easy to um, start just self-worshipping and feeling like yeah. so prideful. And so I'm so better. And like, you know, pride does truly come before the fall. And like the Bible yeah. literally is constantly reminding us to watch out for false prophets. Matthew talks yeah. about that as like wolf, wolves and sheep's clothing. And like, yeah. they're trying to deceive you. And a lot of the times it comes from like that place of greed and wanting to mm-hmm. build up their church. Cause we talked about, yeah, the Hillsong scandal with um, Mm -hmm. Brennan um, a couple of months ago. So that was a good Mm -hmm. episode and church hurt. And like, that was like a prime example of Mm -hmm. pride before the fall. Like, you know, and and it was so sad. Like you don't want to see a, a, you know, celebrity pastor, any pastor cheat on their wives and have this whole scandal. And then people are even now doubting more the church, but I think people forget like people or the pastor is not, you know, isn't the one who creates the church and things like that. Like God is the one that we're following and seeking. And, you know, we're called to be in um, a part of a church and in the body of Christ. But like the pastor is not what makes the church. Like if, you know, like God is what we're seeking. And, um, and yeah. And if you're looking for a church, just keep looking to your research, like read their website. Like I think that is sometimes people don't do that. And I'm like, no, read what they what they stand by and what their mm-hmm. you know their purpose is in this church because that will tell you a lot about 100%. a church um what what they yeah. have like on their website and you can you can do some digging and find some good information yeah. I would say absolutely so yeah and if if someone listening is looking for a church too listen to a few of their their sermons do they yes. actually have their sermons structured around scripture or is it mm-hmm. something different because I think a lot of times what I've seen too with some of these mega churches is like there's a topical discussion not that topical sermons are bad I mean my church does topical sermons and a lot of great pastors do sermons and they're really relevant I mean we have a topical podcast um but is what they say is it based around scripture or is it just their topic and then they pick and choose like kind of like take scripture out of context and like make something something totally different um so you can you can get garner and understand by listening to some of their sermons like are they going back to the scripture or is it just sort yeah. of like topical and then they bring up one person in the bible like david and then they say like right. you're david or something <laughs> yeah no seriously yeah like you are that person i think that's a big red flag um i've noticed that with some different 
more popular pastors, it's like, you're the David and you're this. And it's like, actually, okay, are we taking scripture and like looking at, this is kind of a differentiation that I've found with some churches knowing like, okay, are they biblically sound? Are they like just kind of a, you know, more of following culture? And you can differentiate that by like, are they taking the scripture and actually reading the scripture and looking at what it says? Mm -hmm. Or are they taking the scripture, taking like one portion of the scripture and then like Mm -hmm. applying that so like an example you know david and goliath and then saying you are david in this situation i don't know i've heard pastors do that before and it's like yeah are we taking scripture and reading it and then like looking at the david and goliath story like through the lens of like god like how does this point to god and to jesus what can we garner from that story based on that or are they actually like taking it and then just saying like you are that person in the story or something like that because i think yeah yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it's just, you have to be discerning because it's not like a black and white thing. Um, but then pray about right. it and ask God to reveal yeah. things. Maybe not a church if you're feeling a little, you know, unsure and um, just yeah. talk to a pastor too. Like have sit down with them and ask them about their fundamental beliefs and, um, you know, right. really take time because something super disappointing is like getting involved in a church and like getting to know people. And then you get super involved and you get a couple maybe a year down the line and you realize like oh my gosh they are totally on a different page than what i thought they were so doing some of that digging beginning i think can save a lot of a lot of stress in the long run and yeah i'm really finding a community where you can grow in yeah definitely yeah and big thing like do you open the bible in church are you going through your scriptures are you doing those things or is it like you said like very topics which our pastor does do like topics and stuff too uh but like you know we always go through like in the summer i loved we went through like half of psalms or something and we spent like a good amount of time in Psalms and just like, it was awesome. Like I've never really like deep, deep dived into it, but yeah, I mean, and like you said, there's so many great ways to kind of check out a church. And you know, if um, I've noticed a little bit, there is also a trend of, um, of churches who are, politically leaning conservative who only bring like politics about everything. Yes. I believe politics are important. My church definitely, we talk about with, you know, with the elections coming up, we talk about politics. We talk about how it honors God. We talk about, you know, where this lines up biblically and our um, church is a part of um, salt and light, which is a ministry to help people like be educated on their voting and to vote biblically. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love all that stuff, but there are some churches like that, will bring in these political speakers and it, I've been to them and it seems like every single week it's some like popular political commentator that's in. And I'm like, wait, uh, this is supposed to be church. I'm here on a Sunday and this person yeah. is like, literally I know him in the political realm and every back to back week, but it's popular. So if you have a big conservative movement, especially because San Diego is a little bit more conservative than like LA, like we're actually considered conservative. I'm like, where I'm at. And, um, but I started noticing that I was like, yeah, it's cool because I love politics, but at the same time, that's not what I'm going to church for. I'm not here to go listen to a political commentator. That's why I'll go to like, go see them speak somewhere or whatever. So, um, that is a trend that I have noticed lately. Um, there's a couple particular churches that push that and people get caught up in it because politics is like very, very relevant and very, um, addictive. (laughs) I can, I can, uh, say that for myself i had to like step away for a while Um, sure but yeah for sure 
Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've had to take a step back sometimes listening to certain people because I'm like, okay, they're actually, they're conservative or they're, you know, saying these things like they're a Christian, but really what they're saying is not, it's very like politically charged. It's not like they're not bringing scripture yeah. into it or um, how we right. should view them as a Christian. And so it can be easy to sort of like be, um, I don't know, influenced one way or the other. And, and yeah, yeah. put politics up on a pedestal um or nationalism up on a pedestal as opposed to like okay yeah. first and foremost i'm a christian so how do i view exactly our topic and maybe yeah from that perspective yeah. so yeah yeah awesome. definitely oh uh, well that's all we have for you guys we hope you enjoyed the show um make sure you follow us on instagram at the dot freedom podcast um share this with a friend and make sure you subscribe to the show i've been horrible and i haven't been putting these up on youtube but i will get back to it <laughs> um but anyways have a great week guys we'll talk to you later bye Oh, awesome. Oh, gosh, it like disconnected right at the end. Are we good? Okay, cool. Oh, well, it's good to talk to you. I know. I know. I'm actually taking my, par my parents to the airport here in a little bit. Um, they're going to Australia to see my brother. Yeah. yeah. So. Not anymore. Nope. Nope. It's good, but not anymore. So my parents are headed that way. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. I, I, did I tell you about the new baby niece? He had his first or no? Did I tell you? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I feel like so much has happened. But, um, yeah. So she was born in uh, August. August 24th, I think. Was the so cute. I'll, just, I'll send you a photo. But um, my parents granddaughter so they're headed over there and um yeah so yeah yeah I know. Yeah. yeah yeah so i wish we could go but staying here maybe next year we'll get to visit them but um yeah Oh my gosh, so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But um anyways, uh what are you up to today? Nice. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So, prep that. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We had to, yeah, we had to away some meat last week, and I was like, no, so expensive. I know. I know, I know. Oh my gosh, I know. Gosh, seriously, and the prices and everything. But anyways, we're so blessed. Still blessed for sure. But, um, well, anyways, 
We're leaving here in a little bit, and um, and then we actually we have life group tonight too. So and then working, you know, working out and stuff. So we'll we'll almost one here. So um, so almost it's afternoon. So don't have a ton of a ton of uh, time before our li our life group's at six thirty. So um, that'll be yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate so. it.